0: Welcome to the Staggering Truth. I'm your host, Burton Staggs, and today we're going to look into the probable cause documents in the Delphi murder case. That document against Richard Allen, the man who police believed killed Libby German and Abby Williams on february the thirteenth of twenty seventeen in Delphi, Indiana. Many of you have followed the case of Abby and Libby in Delphi, Indiana, sometimes known as the the down-the-hill murders. Today, a judge released um, the probable cause document, which contains the materials that the state presented to a judge to seek the arrest of Richard Allen. So as opposed to just telling you what's in the document, I'm going to take some time. And read you the entire seven, eight page document. So you'll know exactly what's in the document and what's not in the document. So let me go ahead and tell you there may be a couple mistakes in this. Because this is a very long document. When I say mistakes, I mean myself reading it. I'm not going to go back and correct it unless it's a, a pertinent error. Um, the document is titled uh, State of Indiana Plaintiff versus Richard M. Allen order or judgment of the court and here we go the court having had this matter under advisement following a hearing conducted on november 22nd of 22 and having considered the evidence submitted and the arguments of counsel now denies the state's verified request to prohibit public access to a court record in part The court finds that the state has failed to prove by clear and convincing evidence that the affidavit of probable cause and charging information should be excluded from public access. The court finds that the public interest is not served by prohibiting access and the protection and safety of witnesses can be ensured by redacting their names from the affidavit and that the defendant's personal information can be removed from the charging information. The court notes that prosecuting attorneys submitted charging information and a probable cause affidavit at the November 22, 22 hearing that was redacted, eliminating the witnesses' names and identifying personal information of the defendant. Those documents will be released to the public and made part of the record of this cause. The original charging information and affidavit of probable cause shall remain as sealed and confidential court's records as they are not redacted. The court further finds that media investors' motion for leave to intervene is moot and therefore denied. Count 1, Murder in the First Degree a Felony. Nicholas C. McClelland, being first duly sworn upon his oath, says that on or about February 13, 2017, in the county of Carroll, the state of Indiana, Richard M. Allen did kill another human victim 1 while committing or attempting to commit kidnapping of murder 1. Count 2, murder, a felony, reads the exact same except mentions victim 2. An additional page reads, the court will please enter the following minutes. State of Indiana by Nicholas C. McClelland, prosecuting attorney, files probable cause affidavit executed by Tony Liggett and information for count 1, murder, a felony, and count 2, a murder, a felony, the defendant being in custody, the court determines that probable cause does exist. The court sets bond in this matter at that is blank because it is he is being held without bond. Probable cause affidavit. I, the undersigned affiant, submit the following information pursu- pursuant to IC 353372. As a sworn affidavit, setting forth the facts and circumstances known to law enforcement of Carroll County, as the basis for probable cause to arrest with a warrant or to establish probable cause for issuance of an arrest warrant for the above-named defendant, Richard Allen. That the facts and circumstances described below would be sufficient basis for a person of reasonable caution and prudence to believe that the accused has committed the crime or attempted to commit the crime and described that if arrested without a warrant, such would be authorized under IC 3533-1-1. That the hearsay statements of witnesses contained herein are considered reliable and credible due to the witnesses' personal knowledge and or are corroborated by the totality of the circumstances. As we start in the probable cause part of this indictment uh, or warrant or document, let me go ahead and warn you that some of this could be disturbing to some listeners that on February 14, 2017, Victim 1 and Victim 2 were found deceased in the woods approximately two-tenths of a mile northeast of the Monon High Bridge in Carroll County. Their bodies were located on the north side of Deer Creek. At the time, Monon High Bridge Trail was approximately one-mile gravel trail terminating at the High Bridge. The Monon High Bridge is an abandoned railroad trestle Approximately a quarter mile long, spanning Deer Creek and Deer Creek Valley, on the south end side of the trail. Approximately 7, 10 miles north, 7 tenths seven tenth miles north of the trail, from the northwest edge of the high bridge, is the Freedom Bridge, which is a pedestrian bridge spanning State Road 25. Approximately 350 feet west of Freedom Bridge was a former railroad overpass over State 25, also known as County Road 300 north. The 300 the trail terminates just west of the former railroad overpass. The majority of the trail is wooded area. With a distinct embankment on the south side of the trail, the entirety of the trail and the location of the girls' bodies were located in Carroll County, Indiana. Through interviews, reviews of electronic records, and a review of the video of Hoosier Harvest Store, investigators believe victim one and victim two were dropped off across from Mears Farm at 149 on February thirteenth, 2017 by Name Redacted. The Mears Farm is located on the north side of County Road 300 North near an entrance to the trails. A video from Victim 2's phone shows at 213 Victim 1 and Victim 2 encountered a male subject on the southeast portion of the bridge. The male ordered the girls down the hill. No witness saw them after this time. No outgoing communications were found on Victim 2's phone after this time. Their bodies were discovered on February 14, 2017. The video recovered from Victim 2's phone shows Victim 1 walking southeast on High Bridge while a male subject wearing a dark jacket and jeans walks behind her. As the male subject approaches Victim 1 and 2, one of the victims mentions gun. Near the end of the video, a male is seen and heard telling the girls, Guys, down the hill. The girls then begin to proceed down the hill and the video ends. A still photograph taken from the video and the guys down the hill audio was subsequently released to the public to assist investigators in identifying the male. Victim 1 and Victim 2's deaths were ruled a homicide. Clothes were found in the Deer Creek belonging to Victim 1 and 2, south of where their bodies were located. There was also a 40 caliber unspent round less than two feet away from victim two's body between one and two's body. The round was unspent and had extrication marks on it. Interviews were conducted with three juveniles, names redacted. They advised they were on Monon High Bridge Trail on February thirteenth, 2017. They advised they were walking on the trail towards Freedom Bridge, go home when they encountered a male walking from Frenham Bridge toward the High Bridge. They described the male as kind of creepy and advised he was wearing like blue jeans and like a really light blue jacket and he, his hair was gray, maybe a little brown. He did not really show his face. She advised the jacket was duck canvas type jacket. Advised she said hi to the male but he just glared at them. She recalls him being in all black and had something covering his mouth. She described him as not very tall with a bigger build. She said he was no bigger than 5'10 and advised he was wearing a black hoodie, black jeans, and black boots. She stated he had his hands in his pockets. Blank showed investigators photographs she took on her phone while she was on the trail that day. The photographs include a photo of the high bridge taken at 1243 and another taken at 126 on the bench end of east freedom bridge blank advised after she took the photo on the bench they started walking towards freedom bridge she advised that there was an encounter of the man who matched the description of the photograph taken from victim two's video blank described the man she had encountered on the trail as wearing a blue or black windbreaker jacket she advised that the jacket had a collar and he had his hood up from underneath his jacket she advised he was wearing baggy pants Pants or jeans and was taller than her. She advised her head came up to approximately his shoulder. She advised she said hi to the man and that he said nothing back. She said he was walking with a purpose like he knew where he was going. She said he had his hands in his pockets and kept his head down. She advised she did not get a good look at his face but believed to be a white male. The girls advised after the encounter of the male, they continued their walk across Freedom Bridge and Old Railroad Bridge over State 25. Investigators spoke with name redacted, who advised she was on the trails on February 13. Video from Hoosier Harvest Store captured Blank's vehicle traveling eastbound on one hundred forty six p.m. towards the entrance across from the Mears Farm. Advised she saw four juvenile females walking on the bridge, Old State Road, on 25 as she was driving underneath on her way to park. Blank advised there were no other cars parked from the Mears Farm when she parked. She advised she walked to the High Bridge and observed a male matching the one from Victim 2's video. She described the male as white male wearing blue jeans and a blue jean jacket. She advised he was standing on the first platform of the High Bridge approximately 50 feet from her. She also advised she turned around at the bridge and continued to walk. She advised approximately halfway between the bridge and the parking area from Amira's Farm she passed two girls walking towards Monon High Bridge. She advised she believed the girls were victim 1 and victim 2. Video from Hoover's Hoosier Harvest Store shows at 149 a white car matching the vehicle traveling away from the entrance across from the mirror's farm. Blank advised she finished her walk and saw no other adults other than the male on the bridge. Her vehicle is seen on Hoosier Harvest Store video at 2.14pm leaving westbound from the trails redacted advice she was leaving she noted a vehicle was parked in an odd manner at the old child protective services building she says it was not odd for vehicles to be parked there but she noticed it was odd because of the manner it was parked and backed in near the building investigators received a tip from blank in which he stated he was on his way to delphi on state road 25 around 210 p.m on the 13th he observed a purple pt cruiser or a small SUV type vehicle parked on the south side of the old CPS building. He stated it appeared as though it was backed in as to conceal the license plate on the vehicle. Both through diagrams of where the vehicle was parked and the diagrams generally matched in the area where the parked and the manner in which it was parked. Blank advised he remembered seeing a smaller, dark colored car parked at the old CPS building. He described it as possible being a smart car Blank vehicle is seen leaving 2.28 p.m. on the Hoosier Harvest Store video. Investigators spoke with Name Redacted, who start, stated he was traveling east on 300 north on February 13, 22, and observed a male subject walking west on north side of 300 north, away from the high bridge. Advised the male subject was wearing a blue collared coat, blue jeans, and was muddy and bloody. She further stated it appeared he had gotten in a fight. Investigators were determined from watching the video from Hoosier Harvest store that Name Redacted was traveling on CR 300 North at approximately 4 p.m. Through interviews, electronic data, photographs, and photos from Hoosier, Hoosier store, investigators determined that there were other people on the trail the day of after 2.13 Those people were interviewed, and none of these individuals encountered the male subject referenced above, witnessed by juvenile girls, name-redacted, and name-redacted. Further, none of those individuals witnessed victim 1 and victim 2. Investigators reviewing prior tips encountered a tip narrative from an officer who interviewed Richard M. Allen on 2017. The narrative stated, Interview Richard M. Allen, 2017. Mr. Allen was on the trail between 1330 and 1530 hours. He parked at the old Farm Bureau building and walked to the new Freedom Bridge, while at Freedom Bridge he saw three females. He noted one was taller and had brown or black hair. He did not remember a description, nor did he speak with them. He walked from Freedom Bridge to the High Bridge. He did not see anybody, although he stated he was watching... A stop ticker on his phone, and he walked. He stated there were vehicles parked at High Bridge Trailhead. However, they did not pay attention to them. He did not take any photos or videos. His cell phone did not list an IMEI, but did have the following MEID 256, MEID HN9000. Potential follow-up information. Who were the three girls walking in the area of Freedom Bridge? Investigators believe Mr. Allen was referring to the former Child Protective Services building as there was not a Farm Bureau building in the area, nor had there been. Investigators believe the females he saw included blank and blank names redacted due to the time they were leaving the trail and the time he reported getting to the trail and the descriptions the three females gave. Investigators discovered Rich and Allen on two vehicles in 2017 a 26 black Ford Focus, and a 2006 gray Ford 500. Investigators observed a vehicle that resembled Allen's 2016 Ford Focus on the Hoosier Harvest Store video at 2.17 p.m. traveling westbound on CR 300 North in front of the Hoosier Harvest Store, which coincided with his statement that he arrived around 1.30 at the trails. Investigators note witnesses described the vehicle Parked at the former CPS service building as a PT Cruiser, small SUV, or smart car. Investigators believe those descriptions are similar in nature to a 2016 Ford Focus. On October 13, 2022, Richard Allen was interviewed again by investigators. He advised he was on the trail on February 13th. He said he saw juvenile girls on the trail on Freedom Bridge. Then he went on High Bridge. Richard Allen further stated he went out on High Bridge to watch the fish. Later in the statement, he said he walked out to the first platform of the bridge. He said then he walked back, sat on a bench on the trail, and then left. He stated he parked his car on the side of an old building. He told investigators he was wearing blue jeans and a blue or black Carhartt jacket with a hood. He advised he may have been wearing some type of head covering as well. He further claimed he saw no one else except for juvenile girls he saw on the Freedom Bridge. He told investigators that he owns a firearm and they are at his home. Richard M. Allen's wife, Kathy Allen, also spoke to investigators. She confirmed that Richard did have guns and knives at the residence. She also stated that Richard still owns a blue Carhartt jacket. On October 13th, investigators executed a search warrant of Richard Allen's residence at 1967 north whitman drive delphi carroll county indiana among other items officers located jackets boots knives firearms including a sig Sauer modeled p226 40 caliber pistol with serial number u 625627 between october 20 or between october 14th 2022 and october 19th 2022 the Indiana State Police Laboratory performed an analysis of Allen Sig Sauer Model P-226. The laboratory performed a physical examination, classification of the firearm, functions, test, barrel, and overall length measurements, test firing, ammunition, component characterizations, microscopic comparisons, and NIBIN. The laboratory determined that the unspent round located within two feet of victim two's body had been cycled through Richard M. Allen Sig Sauer, Model P-226. The laboratory remarked, An identification opinion is reached when the evidence exhibits an agreement of class characteristics and sufficient agreement of individual marks. Sufficient agreement is related to the significant duplication of random random striations, impression marks, and is evidenced by the correspondence of a pattern or combinations of pattern or surface contour. The interpretation of the identification is subjective in nature and based on relevant scientific research and reporting examiners' training and experience. Investigators then ran the firearm and found the firearm was purchased by Richard Allen in 2001. Allen voluntarily came to ISP, Post twenty on twenty six, he spoke with the investigators. Stated he never allowed anyone to use his or borrow his Sig Sauer, Model P two two six firearm. When asked about the unspent bullet, he did not have an explanation of why the bullet was found between the bodies of victims one and two. He again admitted that he was on the trail, but denied knowing victim one or two and denied any involvement, in their murders. Carroll County Sheriff's Department detective, has been part of the investigation since it started in twenty seventeen. He had an opportunity to review and examine evidence gathered in investigation. Detective Blank, along with other investigators, believe that evidence gathered shows that Richard Allen is the male subject seen on the video from Victor's phone Victim Two's phone, who forced the victims down the hill. Further, that the victims were found down the hill by Richard Allen and led in location where they were discovered. and led to the location where they were murdered. Through the statements, photographs, the juvenile f- females and statements of name redacted and were on the southeast edge of trail at 1243 and East Bridge at 126 and walked across the former railroad overpass on State Route 25. And after 126 and before 146, they walked the entirety of the trail and observed only one person, an adult male blank vehicle is seen on the harvester hill video at 146 and leaving at 214 and she stated she only saw one adult male and that blank and blank redacted described the male in a similar manner wearing similar clothing leading investigators to believe all four had saw the same male individuals investigators believe the male observed by blank and blank is the same male depicted in the video from victim two's phone due to the description of the male by four Former female, four females matching the male in the video. Furthermore, victim's two video was taken at 2:13, and only saw male while she was on the trail from approximately 1:46 to 2:14 p.m. Investigators believe Richard Allen was the male seen by blank and blank in the male seen by victim two's video. Richard Allen's investigator, <coughs> excuse me, Richard Allen told investigators he was on the trail from 1:30. At 330 that day. Video from Hoosier Harvester Store shows a vehicle matching description of Richard Allen's passing at 127 towards the former CPS building. Clothing he told investigators were wearing was a match of the clothing on Bell's two video and the closing description provided by blank and blank. A vehicle matching the description of his twenty sixteen Ford Focus is seen on or around at two hundred ten and two hundred fourteen and two hundred twenty eight at the former CPS building. Through his own admissions, Richard Allen walked the trails and eventually hiked to Monroe Monon High Bridge and walked out onto the Monon High Bridge. Investigators believe Richard Allen was not seen on the trail after two thirteen p.m. because he was in the woods with victims one and two, an unspent forty caliber round between the bodies of Victims 1 and 2 was forensically determined to have been cycled through Richard Allen's Sig Sauer Model P-226. The Sig Sauer Model 226 was found at Richard Allen's residence, and he admitted to owning it. Investigators were able to determine that he had owned it since 2001. Richard Allen said he had not been on the property where the unspent round was found, that he did not know the property owner, and that he had no explanation as to why a round cycled through his firearm would be at that location. Furthermore, he stated he never allowed anyone to use or borrow Sig Sauer Model P226. Investigators believe that after the victims were murdered, Richard Allen returned to his, returned to his vehicle by walking down CR 30 North. Investigators believe he had, was seen by walking back to his vehicle on CR 30 North with clothes that were muddy and bloody. Names redacted, along with investigators, believe the statement made by witnesses because the statements corroborate the timeline of the deaths of the two victims as well as coincide with the mentions made by Richard Allen. Further, the accounts relayed by Redacted and Redacted and Redacted are all similar in nature, and the timestamps on the photographs taken by Redacted correspond to to, to the juvenile females said they were on the trail and saw the male individual. That is the end of the probable cause statements released by the courts today in Delphi, Indiana what these documents basically say in short and in closing are that richard allen was saw by multiple witnesses on or around the bridge where libby and abby were abducted and murdered the main evidence that has been released at this point is that a bullet casing round found between abby and libby's body forensically matched a gun at Richard Allen's home. This case has been years and years and years in the making. And we'll close this episode with this, is that it appears the Delphi murders, the down-the-hill murders, of Libby and Abby may have been solved by good, old-fashioned police work and ballistics. Thank you very much for listening to this week's edition of The Staggering Truth. I'm your host, Burton Staggs.